we've been talking about what does it look like to seek God, and, 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 and from time to time in the series, we've been taking a moment just to look at real practically what does it look like to seek God. And so I'm going to do that again tonight, just get really, really practical, nuts and bolts. Here's something that you can do. And we've talked about within the psalm, there are three different ways that the, that the person who writes the psalm talks about how we can seek God. So he talks about dwelling in the temple and we talked about how that is being with God. Just, and and we, we talked a few weeks ago about some practices that can help us just learn how to be with God. And then we talked about how uh, the psalmist says, I want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and how that's really about worship. And that's what Allie was talking about we shared a couple weeks ago. What does it look like to have personal practices of worship? So there's that. And then the last part of it says, and I want to seek him in his temple. And we've, we've referenced how that's all about learning from God. So there's, there's being with God, there's worshiping God, and there's learning from God. And I want to dig into the idea of learning from God today just a little bit uh, uh, and get some, get some practical stuff. So most of us, I think, just know that seeking God is something that we should do. I think that, like, if you're here in this room, you probably are here either because mom and dad made you come, some of you kids, uh, or because you have, there's something that drew you here, and you know there's something about being in this place that is going to help you in your seeking of God. And so that's an intentional pursuit for, for you, but, but most of us struggle with knowing how. All right, and so I just want to remind us why we're focusing on these things. So let me remind you of some truth, that if you will continue to keep doing the things we're talking about in this series, worshiping God, being with God, learning from God, if you continue a pursuit of doing those things, you will find deeper connection with God. You will find it. You will find deeper soul satisfaction in your relationship with God. You will find deeper friendship with God. You will find more wisdom for life and understanding how to navigate. You will do it. Like, so seeking after God's heart, like it might feel like a duty, but the reward is God himself and all of the things that come with that. So I just want to encourage you like to, 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 to keep going after God. I, it's out of all the things I could guarantee and make promises about, I promise you, that you will grow deeper in your relationship with, with God if you're intentional about pursuing these things. I promise you, it's a guarantee. And the way that I can, I can know that and guarantee that is not because of like, I feel that way, it's because of what God's word says. He says that you will seek me and you will find me if you search for me with all of your heart. He says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He says that if we seek first his kingdom, that he will add all these things unto you. So it is, it is the very nature of God to, to reward you with more of himself if you pursue him. It is an absolute guarantee. There's no question about it. So I, I, I can guarantee that. Uh, but the, the problem is, like, will we have the focus to keep pursuing God? Like, will we actually like, kind of stick with it? Will we have the perseverance to continue to go after God? Or will other things vie for our attention uh, and pull us and distract us away? And the reality is, yes, things will, right? Like, uh, I don't know if you remember, but when we started off this thing uh, a few weeks ago, I asked you to pick a plan. I said, hey, would you, would you just take a minute and, and come up with a plan for how you choose to seek God over the course of this year? Remember that? Like, we said, okay, let's choose a plan so here's the question, how's that plan going? Because if it's going like most of the world, like it's after Super Bowl weekend that everyone's New Year's resolutions crash. 
I mean, it's like if you ever look at a graph on a chart of people's New Year's resolutions and thing they intend to do at the beginning of the year, they crash and burn hard after Super Bowl Sunday. So chances are, if you're anything like me, some of the things you set out to do to seek after God's heart, to try to seek him more, maybe have like not been going so well. Okay, so it's fine. Reset. Like, don't let yourself up. Let's just throw it away. No, don't do that. Like, it's worth the pursuit. It's worth refocusing. And I'll put myself right there in, in that camp. So this is a reminder today, before I dive into the rest of this, that this is the one thing that you really need in life. You might think you need lots of other things, but this is the one thing that you need. All right, here we go. Actually, hold on. I'm going to do one more thing, okay? Uh, I know you're supposed to, like, Chael, you're supposed to get practical, and it's not practical yet. I'll get there. I was talking with a, with a, with a, a young lady who I really respect, some, a, a woman who really is just loves God and has a heart for Jesus. Like, and she was sharing the story with Jen and I about how, her, um, uh, how she was comparing herself and some cousins that she has who grew up in the same church environment, same exact church environment. And she was reflecting on the fact that she is still pursuing Jesus with, all of her, with, with her whole heart, but her cousins are not. And she was, she was like trying, reflecting with us on why, it, why is that the case? Why is it that her cousins are not and while she, while she is? And her observation, she's just full of wisdom. She said that her parents always prioritized their spiritual formation above every other thing in their life. Above every, above every other thing, above every sporting event, over every academic thing, that whatever they possibly could do, they put their kids in the position, position to pursue and know more about Jesus. And the other family didn't do that. So as a result, her life is all still about Jesus. Like, it is an intentional pursuit. It doesn't happen accidentally. It won't just happen by showing up here on Sundays. There's something that you will have to do outside of what happens here, okay? Sorry, I'm getting a little preachy, but I just, just want, this to, want this to be the case. All right, so here we go. What does it mean to seek and learn from God? Uh, learn from God. So he talks about how we're going to seek God or how he desires to seek God in his temple. This is like a, a figure of speech for going to the place where God's presence was. So to seek God in this temple was to go to the tabernacle or the place where God's presence would be. It was a place where sacrifices were made. It was a place where the law or the Old Testament scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures would be read or would be recited and there would be teaching here. It was the place where if you wanted to find God, you would be guaranteed to find God if you went to the temple. It's where his presence was. It's where his word was. So if you were wanting to learn something, let's say you had a prayer request or you had something, a need that you have, and you wanted to go and find God, going to the temple was the place to find it. That was the place to go. It was an intentional posture of going, I want to go where I'm going to get to know God best. So that's what the psalmist is saying. But the writer of the psalm isn't like limiting his learning only to the temple. He's not saying this is the only place I can go and find God. That's not what he's saying. It was an everyday pursuit. And this is just kind of the wording or the metaphor for he's talking about pursuing God. It's actually about a way of life. That's why we read verse 11, because if you skip further down in the psalm, he talks about, teach me your ways, God. Lead me on this straight path. It's an everyday pursuit kind of thing, not just a once in a while when I really need something kind of thing. This is about learning from God in the context of real life for the sake of real life. Learning from God in the context of real life for the sake of real life. It does us no good to come here and learn religious things that don't make any difference in our life, right? 
just to have some, I, there, I, I love truth, I love studying theology, but at the end of the day, what do those things matter to your real life, right? And so this, this psalmist, this person saying, God, I want to pursue you in a way where it actually makes a difference in my way of life. That's what he's saying. Learning from God in the context of real life for the sake of real life. You cannot limit your seeking God to showing up here on a Sunday or watching online if you're watching online. There are 168 hours in a week. You spend at most an hour and a half here, at most. What do you do with the rest of those hours? That is where God is at. I mean, yes, he's here when we gather together, and he's here when we worship together. He's here in the worship and the singing. But the reality is there's a whole lot more time that you have with God outside of this place than you have in this place. And that is where God needs to be sought and desires to be sought. It's not just the hour and a half you have in here. God is with you in those hours and not just these. And if you've given your life to Jesus, the reality is the Holy Spirit is with you every single second of every one of those hours. He's not here more with you because you gathered here. He's here with you out there. As a matter of fact, everything we do in here is actually intended to teach you how to live out the rest of those 168 hours in your week. That's, that's the point. The real, the, but the best teacher is the Holy Spirit, and he's in your life right now. When you leave this building, the Holy Spirit doesn't like stay here. He goes with you. Now, I know sometimes it doesn't feel like that when a person cuts you off or like steps in front of you in line or your brother and sister are like making you mad or your spouse is, whatever, but the Holy Spirit's still with you. It's just a matter of are you paying attention, right? The reality is that the Holy Spirit is the best teacher and he is with you every single day. Why is this important? Because we're not talking about just simply learning something about God. We're actually talking about learning from God, learning something from God. And that's very, very different. The, the reality is we can all study a historical figure. So um, let me impress you with talking about some classical music. I don't, I don't know anything about classical music. So. so I could study about Beethoven. I don't know anything about Beethoven. But if I could, I could go and I could find a course and find a bunch of information about Beethoven. I could listen to pieces of music that were created by Beethoven, listen to other people play them. I could listen to scholars talk about all of the things that Beethoven did and why he's worthy, and they could break down the music, and I could have a really, really good understanding of Beethoven. But I can't spend time with Beethoven, or Beethoven for some of you, Ted, Bill, and Ted people. I can't spend time with him. I can't go and learn directly from him. I can't listen, I can't be in the room with him as he's being inspired to create a piece of music. I can't sit and ask him questions about why he did what he did. And he can't ask me questions about, do you like this or not? Like, we don't have that level of relationship. It, the best I can do is learn about him. I cannot learn from him. I was thinking about that also. We, I was watching this documentary about the life of the Apostle Paul. And it's kind of following his, like, travelings and, like, going around kind of the, the country of now, now Turkey. And it's so cool to, like, see he walked down this little literal road. Like, Paul, we know the Apostle Paul walked on this road. And then he went to this actual synagogue and probably shared the gospel. That blows my mind. Like, like, it's just so cool. And if I wanted to, I can read the words of the Apostle Paul. 
I could even go there if I want to and stand on that road and I could experience what that was like myself, but I still can't be with the Apostle Paul on that road. I can't, I can't ask him questions about like, hey, what was it like when you were like writing the letter of Philippians and you were in prison and you're talking about joy? I can't talk to the brother of James or to the brother of Jesus, James, and be like, what the heck were you talking about? We said, count it all joy when you encounter trials of all kinds. What, what did you mean? Like, we can't, I, can't, I can study it, but I don't, have, I don't have personal access like that to those people. But the reality is, you do have personal access to God. That is what is something that is incredibly unique about our faith as followers of Jesus, is that he is not some distant teacher somewhere out. He is like literally lives inside of you and can teach you about things about himself. Not only that, he can teach you things about you that you don't even know about you. Here's one of the things I know about people who continue to walk with the Lord is they discover even more about who they are because God is, he knows you better than you know yourself. And so we get to learn from God what he is like and what we are like. Like we can actually learn from him and he knows us. And look, this is an actual real fundamental conviction of Christianity. Like, this is a universal kind of truth within the Christian world, regardless of which camp. Obviously, there are different things that we might say about this, but which denomination you grew up, which tradition you grew up in, that God is knowable. Guys, God is knowable. There's, like, there's not like a, there are mysteries, there are things that we can't quite wrap our minds around, but one of the truths is that God is knowable and that he wants to make himself known to you and that that God also knows you. This should blow your mind, guys. The God of heaven knows your name. The one, like, we were watching something with the girls a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about, what was it, trillions of galaxies or something like that? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm just, I'm going into all kinds of territories I know nothing about today. But I think it was trillions of galaxies. Like, he knows my name? What? That's insane to me. That's just crazy to me. God wants to know you. He wants to make himself known. He wants to give you wisdom for life and wants to help you walk in it. So a couple practical things, a couple ways that God makes himself known, okay? So if you're a note taker, I'm going to rapid fire through these. First of all, God makes himself known through creation. God makes himself known through creation. And that's kind of a broad umbrella thing. So not only when we think of creation, we think of just the, we think of the physical created world. And like when, you know, when I look at a mountain or I see an ocean, like I, I'm like moved. I know, oh my gosh, there was a hand that made that. And I know that was God's hand. But also the way that the world works, God is revealed in the way that the world works. He is revealed in the circumstances that happen in real life. And he makes himself known through the circumstances that happen in real life right? The, the, the first chapter of Romans is all about how God has made himself known to all of the world so everyone is accountable. God is accessible and knowable through his creation. Uh, uh, th- again, that, that's not only just through physical things, but also through the way the world works and through circumstances. God makes himself known and teaches us uh, who he is and things about himself through his word. That's the thing we're probably the most familiar with and the most comfortable with. Because we know that God has a written word, that he's recorded some things in history, things that are rock solid, that the, the canon is closed, yet he still speaks to us today through his word. Do you realize that this is like a unique thing about our faith? 
Do you realize this? Like, we, we're like, have you ever thought about how weird it is that we open an old book that was written in cultures far away and that we believe that the God of heaven can actually speak to us through these things that people wrote down a long time ago? But you know it does. Just by show of hands, if you've ever felt like there is a time where I read my Bible and I know for sure God was speaking to me through his word, raise your hand. You see what I mean? Like, we all know it's true. God reveals himself through his word. If we had time, we could dissect this and talk about this on a deeper level, but we all know it's true. So if you want to hear God's word and hear what he has to say, learn from him, he's already said a whole lot of stuff. And so it would be wise to consult his word. By the way, uh, I know that there are challenges that people have with the word. So here's what I would say. We have some incredible resources. One already is a, a resource that we have called Right Now Media that you can get a link to that's on our website. If you've not used this before, there are all different kinds of Bible studies that are on there that will help you, video-based Bible studies that can help you. I would, I'm a strong, strong advocate of everything that the Bible Project puts out, the, both their podcast and their YouTube. And a book I would recommend to you if you feel like, man, I've been struggling with kind of like reading the Bible because there's hangups and things that are hard for me in the Bible. There's a book I want to recommend to you called How Not to Read the Bible. That is an incredible book, How to Not Read the Bible. So, and it's going to give you some guides and some tools to go, okay, here's some things, maybe ways that we can engage scripture. And if you want a list of those later, I'll give those to you. Third thing, God speaks to us and teaches us through his spirit. He teaches us uh, and speaks to us through his spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit is residing in each and every one of you who know Jesus, and he is making himself known if you'll have ears to hear. If we'll slow down and listen and pay attention to the promptings and the things that he is saying and doing in your heart, like he, even people who don't believe that God speaks to you believe that the Holy Spirit resides in you and somehow like know that God is speaking to you. You know, you know what I mean. God also speaks through, through his people. So the Holy Spirit not only resides in each and every one of you individually, the Holy Spirit is collectively in his people, and God speaks to you through his people, both directly, like through like words of encouragement and those kinds of things, but also just by the wisdom and by the life of other people. There are so many of you in this room who inspire me in different ways. You don't even know it just by who you are in Christ. And God speaks to me and leads me and, and teaches me to be more patient and more kind, or more bold, and have more faith, and like, you don't even know it, and my guess is if you took time to think about the people who are in this room, you would find yourself going, I feel like my knowledge of who God is, is better because of that person being around, which by the way, this is a plug, this is why we need you here, and to be a part of this family, because you are so needed, you have something valuable to offer us as a church family. And the last thing is God speaks to us through his son. This is what it says in Hebrews, that God spoke in all different kinds of ways, but finally, the final revelation of who God is is through revealing who Jesus was, the very son of God. Everything that you would want to know about who God is can be found by looking at Jesus. And actually, all these other things all point to Jesus, and they all flow from Jesus. It's all about him if you haven't figured it out yet. If you're having a hard time understanding scripture, look at Jesus. If you have a hard time wondering, like, is this the Holy Spirit? Look at Jesus. It will help you. It will guide you through that. What's the point? God has spoken. He is still speaking, and he still wants to speak. He still wants to teach, and he's giving you all of these resources to help you and guide you in your faith. The question is, like, will we actually take advantage? Will we look in these different places for the ways that God is speaking to us? 
God wants you to know who he is. He wants to reveal things to you about who he is. So a couple things, uh, just to kind of, again, just trying to be super practical here. If we're supposed to learn from God, what is it that we're supposed to learn? Like, what is it that God wants to teach us? Well, the reality is it could be all different kinds of things. There isn't like a thing where God only speaks about these things. However, there are a few things that are really important to the heart of God that he loves to speak about a lot. It kind of reminds me, have you ever been like um, uh, trying to call someone to get a problem resolved and you talk to someone in customer service? And you've called and you have a very clear problem that needs to be solved. And the person on the other line has like a script and they cannot veer from the script. Does this ever happen to you? And like you're, you explain yourself one time and they're like, they're not getting it. And so then they pass you on to someone else and then you explain yourself again. And then like they're not getting it. And it's like they have these limited set of questions that they're coming with. And the whole entire time you have something really clear that you would like to say. Like... Does that ever happen to you? We, we went like a three-month-long saga. Actually, it was probably longer than that with a refrigerator. And it was like, guys, this is not that complicated. Our refrigerator is broken, and we need someone to fix it, right? Somehow, this was like the hardest thing to understand, but it was like such a simple thing that needed to happen. And I feel like there are lots of times where God wants to have a conversation with us that's really, really clear, and we're like the customer service people on the phone that like keep coming with other things to be like, yeah, God, I can't hear your voice. I don't understand what you're saying. He's like, I just, there's so many ways I've told you this. And, and a lot of times you discover this like later on in life, like after a season where you like, it becomes so clear what God was trying to say, like, but you were asking God all kinds of questions. He's like, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this, right? And it can feel really, really frustrating. So it's helpful for me to remember what are the kinds of things that I know that God wants to talk to me about, like, and then anchor myself there rather than the things that I just have an agenda about. Make sense? So what are those things? First of all, God loves to reveal who he is. He loves to teach you. He loves to be your teacher and teach you about who he is. That is like his number one priority. Like, our, the number one priority in culture is self-discovery. God's number one priority is you discovering him. There's a big difference. He wants you to know who he is and loves to reveal himself to you. And so if we posture ourselves to learn from him what he is like, I guarantee you, you will be satisfied all the time because he loves to reveal that kind of stuff. And that said, God also loves to reveal who you are. He loves to reveal who you are. But the point of revealing who you are is to get you to become more like Jesus. And so there are times where God says, hey, there's an area of your life that doesn't look very much like Jesus. The truth of the matter is we don't like to hear that kind of stuff a whole lot. Uh, so sometimes we turn down the volume on that. We're like, can we move on to something else, God? And God's like, no, <laughs> we're not moving on. I have a priority in your life, and your priority in, in your life is that you would look more like me. And so we're not moving on. Because this is the thing we're talking about. Like, you might want to have a conversation about something else, but this is the conversation that I want to have with you. So God loves to talk to us about us. He loves to talk about how we're designed to be and who we, how we can become more like Jesus. And the third thing is, he loves to talk to us about how we can partner with what he's doing in the world. He loves to talk about what, what he's doing in the world and how we can join him in what he's doing. God loves for you to partner with what he's doing in the world. And, and I know for sometimes for Christians and people who spend a long time in church, we go automatically go to, like, what's my calling in life? Like, but I'm telling you, God is ridiculously practical. 
Like, we, we like, make this way overcomplicated. It could be as simple as, like, God, how, like, how can I bless my neighbors? I, I guarantee you, if you ask God how you can bless your neighbor, God will show you how you can bless your neighbors. I, 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 just, I just know he's faithful to do that because it's a way you can partner with him in the world. It's a way that you can jump into what he's doing. God loves your neighbors more than you do, and so he wants you to jump in and be a part of their life. And so he will talk to you about these kinds of things. Now, that's not to say that you can't ask God or seek God about other areas of life, like, I don't know how to spend money, or I don't know how to discipline my children, or I don't know, like, there are all these other areas that are really, really practical, but here's what I know, that if we have those other, those first three things that I mentioned, kind of that's our priority, the other stuff seems to flow a whole lot easier. I know all kinds of people who try to lean into all kinds of practical teaching about how you can do X, Y, Z in life better. But the bottom line is, if you don't have those other three things in place, all the other stuff you're trying to learn about God, it doesn't really work either. It's like you're missing these pieces of the puzzle. You could put the whole thing together, but if you don't have those pieces of the puzzle there, it's never going to be complete. Which is why God's like saying, yeah, I'll help you. Let's talk about that. But also, come over here and let's have a conversation about who I am. Come over here and let's have a conversation about who you are. So here's what I'm going to do. In a couple weeks, we're going to gather back together and we're going to dive back into this one. And I want to talk to you about two things. I want to talk to you about posture and I want to talk to you about practice. How do we posture ourselves to learn from God? And then how do we engage in practices that actually help us to learn from God? Because we're going to have to do both. We've got to have the right heart posture that says, God, I want to learn from you. And then we've got to have the right practices that go along with that. It can't be either or. You can try all the practices in the world, but if your heart posture isn't good, the practices will fail you. They will not work. They will not help you engage with the Lord. But also, like, if you have the heart posture, but you never actually do anything about it, say, God, I want to learn from you, but then we never actually do anything to particularly engage with God in some practical practices, that doesn't go anywhere either. So we're going to talk about posture and practices. So here's what I want to end. We've got like one minute left. I want to give you a chance just to sit quietly right now and just see what God is speaking to your heart in this moment. So go ahead, just close your eyes. Ask the Holy Spirit what it is he's saying to you. Now, Lord, would you guide us this week and prepare our hearts to learn from you? Whatever it is that you have to say, whatever it is that you want to do, would you help us to lay our agendas aside and learn from you? Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher? Your word says that you are the spirit of truth and that you would guide us into all truth. I have no doubt that you are trustworthy and that you will guide us in our understanding and knowing you. We bless you. We love you. We thank you. Lord, would you send us out like missionaries into the world to share the good news of Jesus, the hope of the gospel. And would you help us do that in the power of your spirit for the glory of the Father. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you guys. Get out of here. <laughs>